Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of God is Real, God is Good. This is Kylie, and this week I have Lorene Wright here with me to give her testimony. And so we're just going to start off with a little prayer. Um, Dear Lord, I know we've already just prayed, but please be with us as we do this. Please speak through both of us so that we may share your word with many other people and they may hear of your goodness and your strength. And just be with us. Um, Amen. All right, Lorraine, you all ready? <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> um, so her and I are both like, we're a little bit nervous, even though I've done this a few times now. But um, yep. you can share with us where you're from. You mean like originally? Yeah. Or, yeah. yeah. Okay, well, um, I guess when I was a little girl, um, my father died. He, we were missionaries. They were missionaries in South America. I was just little, and I don't really even remember him. Oh, wow. I was so little. Mm-hmm. But then um, they came back to the States. He got leukemia when they were in South America. We were in South America. But mm-hmm. I was a baby. I was like just two, I think, when we came back. And he died. And um, it was very sad. And my mother was very affected by it. For sure. But, it, but then um, a couple years later, she met my, my stepdad. Okay. And she got married to him. So I ended up having a daddy, growing That's up with a good. daddy. Yeah. And he was he was a great dad and um he was a pastor also. Okay. My first dad was a pastor and he was a pastor. And then um you know, he did all the pastor things. We had to we moved a lot when I was a little girl. And then when I was about uh, I think I was maybe 7 or 8 they did an evangelistic series at one of my dad's churches, and um, I gave my heart to the Lord when Aww. I was just little. Oh, wow. I remember going up to the altar when they did an altar call. Yeah. And I just wanted to, I just, I loved, I just, I, I heard about how much Jesus loved us for giving his life for us, and I wanted to um, just love him back and follow Aww. him. That's so beautiful. That, like, even at that young age, you're like, I know this is what I want. It was, and it was very real to me. I I remember even reading the um, the Bible where it says to pray in your closet, and I had a pretty big closet, and I I made a little um, office in my closet, Aww. and I would go in there and read my Bible and pray, and um, I wanted to be a pastor when I grew up. Um, but that's so cute, like the faith of little children and the yeah. things they they do for God. They like, like you made your little office and you're mm-hmm. giving your life to him. I did. And I really did. I, I did give my heart to him. And, but then as I grew up, I lost track of that somewhere mm-hmm. along the way. And I don't really know where, but you know, when you get to be a teenager, you kind of start questioning things. You do. Yeah. And I was kind of in that stage. I kind of got, um, just kind of, well, I wasn't sure about everything. Yeah. And then some people would say something about some something I read, and I think, well, that that kind of put some doubt in my mind mm. about some of the things I was reading in in the Bible or the Spirit prophecy. And so, anyways, then as I grew up, I went to I went away to um, I had to go to boarding school because my parents were overseas as missionaries. So I went away, and when I was very young, I was only like, I was just barely turning 14. Oh, wow, yeah. Just a little young thing. Yeah. So I, and I got caught up in all that fun yeah. of having friends, and I loved it. But yeah. it was, you don't really focus on the Lord Mm-mm. when you're that age. No, it's hard. You just mostly focus on your friends. Uh-huh. So I went to college, and in college, I, I kind of came across... Um, professors that 
kind of put doubts in my head again more mm-hmm. about the Bible and different things about the Bible until the point where I was kind of like, I didn't really know what to count on. Aww. Even though I was in an Adventist school, yeah, I was kind of, I feel like I kind of got off track yeah, um, spiritually. Okay. I didn't, I wasn't an outwardly bad girl. Yeah. But I didn't have a real walk with God either. Okay. I wasn't really reading my Bible or praying even though I was at school and an Adventist school, mm-hmm. taking classes, Adventist, you know, yeah. Bible classes, taking and all stuff. the Christian and learning yeah. about all all the things. But yeah. yeah, I didn't really. I lost track of my first um, my first love when I was just little like that, and so I just kind of went with the flow, and I, I didn't, you know, I had lots of nice friends, and anyways, um, I ended up. Eventually going into nursing school and becoming a nurse. Then, as I got older, I did get kind of um, off track. I started working um, in a, the hospital down in, the, in L.A. at the White Memorial. And um, I don't know. I don't know how, how to explain it, but I, did got, I got off track. Mm-hmm. And I got to the point where I knew I, w- I was doing stuff that I knew wasn't right. Yeah. But I didn't know how to stop. Mm. I just was frustrated and I got very um, depressed to the point where I remember one day I was driving home from work. It was, I was working nights and I was so depressed. I thought I could just drive my car into that cement wall mm. and I would be done. That's a hard place to be. Mm-hmm. And it was from... Because I knew I was doing something wrong. Yeah. And I knew I shouldn't, but I didn't know what to do about it. Yeah. And at one point, I remember getting into my car and just praying, saying, God, please help me. But I felt like my prayer didn't go any higher than the top of my roof of yeah. my car. That's how I felt. Uh-huh. But um, later, I realized that God did hear me at that point, even though I didn't feel like He was hearing me. Yeah. And I think it was because the reason I didn't feel like he was hearing me was because I knew I was doing stuff that wasn't wrong. Yeah. And sometimes, like, we almost put a barrier in between us and God. We, we say, do. We say, God, you can't hear me because I am sinning, but God is greater than our sins. I know, but we don't feel it. We don't. We don't. But I later, I look back on that, and I realized that God was intervening for me at that point, even, mm-hmm. after I found out other things. Anyways. Yeah. Um, long story short, um, Byron, my husband, came into my life, mm-hmm. and God used that relationship to kind of help me, mm-hmm. to help me kind of get grounded again. Yeah. And he answered a lot of my prayers through Byron, kind of giving me a lot of support and, uh-huh. um, you know, just that kind of connection that you want. Yeah. So then, what did you want to say? Oh, yeah. No, because sometimes we need other people, like whether it's like a parent or like a a spouse or relationship like that or a friend. Sometimes we need somebody else to keep us pointed towards God. So um, anyways, what happened after that was um, Byron and I got married and we wanted to start our life, you know, for God. But I still, you know what, Kylie, I still wasn't following. I really wasn't walking with God. I I had those intentions. I yeah. thought I would, and I and I thought I actually thought of myself as a good Christian girl, yeah, and an Adventist. But as you know, I look back on it, I wasn't praying. Yeah, I mean, we were asking the blessing at meals. That was it. Oh wow, and that's kind of a sad place, like especially to say you're Christian home and mm-hmm. 
And I was going to church. Yeah. Once a week. And so I thought I was really doing good. Mm -hmm. I thought it was fine. Yeah. I had a lot of friends there that we would always get together on the weekends and have a fun time. And I, I, um, I didn't really feel like I needed God. I think. Mm. I was fine. I think everything that's was fine. Easy to feel sometimes. Like if we feel everything's going right in our life, then you're like, oh, don't need God. I've got it. Mm-hmm. That's sad. And I was in um, Loma Linda, okay. which is kind of um, for Adventists, that is a very liberal um, thinking area. Mm. And you don't really realize you're going along with the flow that you how far away everybody has gotten from the bible Mm -hmm. really i mean they all think they're good adventists and i was one of them yeah and so just for example um we started going to movies and we would go and saturday nights we would go to the back then they had a movie store that you could rent movies Mm -hmm. (laughs) i don't do that anymore (laughs) (laughs) nope nope but we would see all of the people from church there Saturday night renting movies. Uh-huh. And those movies don't do something to your brain. Yeah. And we didn't realize that either. We didn't realize how far along our minds were going with the world. Yeah. Thinking the worldly ways. Because um, we were watching those movies and listening to worldly music. And so we just you just go to church once in a while. I mean, that's once a week. And you're doing all this other stuff all the time. You're, how, does your, how does that affect your... Yeah, most of your input is from the world and not from God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It for sure affects your brain. Like, yeah. That's, anyway, so we didn't realize that we were slowly, slowly drifting out to the world. Mm-hmm. And we were actually, I mean, in a sense, we were already in the world, but we just thought we weren't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's really scary. It is. Now I look back and I see other people that are in that situation, and I'm so scared for them because I don't know how to, I don't really know how to get through to them. Because, But, I mean, I was there, too. Mm-hmm. And I know God can, can find you. He can, for sure. Which he did me. And um, the way he did find me was we had um we had a first baby and um that night after he was born he was a very very big baby he was like almost 13 pounds oh wow yeah (laughs) (laughs) i was in labor for a long time oh goodness more than 24 hours oh wow but he was finally born and Mm. that night in the hospital they they realized something was going wrong. His blood sugars weren't good, or, or the blood. I think it was the oxygen wasn't good. Mm-hmm. And um, they did some testing and found out that he had a heart defect. Oh, yeah, it was really really scary, and it was yeah. really sad. In fact, um, you know, I don't know, you don't know Byron that well, but he's a real perfectionist. Mm-hmm. And his reaction was. If he's not perfect, I don't want him. Oh, wow. And he left oh. the hospital. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And this is your first child. And you're like, oh, wow. Yeah, I was really, really upset. Yeah, um, I can imagine. <laughs> your husband just walks out of the hospital. I didn't know if he was going to leave me or if he was going to do what. Oh, wow. Later, I found out he went home and prayed and cried all night. And uh-huh. the next morning, he came back with a different attitude. He, he told me, he said, honey, he said, if I could, I'd get up on that little, on the surgery table for him. I'd take his place. Aww. So he had a whole change of heart yeah. in the night. Mm-hmm. So we were on our route again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but he had to have surgery. Uh-huh. He had, to, he had a... Um, a temporary surgery to shunt the blood around his, so his blood went through his lungs twice mm-hmm. 
to give him more oxygen. And so that was going to get him by until later he could have a heart, his heart corrected, his a corrective surgery. Okay. And he was a very sweet little boy. I'll have to show you some pictures. Yeah, I want to see them. <laughs> very sweet, very bright, very intelligent. But during that, that year, he didn't gain weight like he should have, mm-hmm. which was because of his heart. Yeah. So, and when he was a year old, they decided to do the open heart surgery instead of waiting until he was two or three. Oh, wow. And that's pretty little to do open heart yeah. surgery. Yeah. So everything's so small. And- yeah. And yet there were a lot of experts down there that were used to doing baby hearts. Okay. I don't know if you'd heard about, if you've ever heard about some of the, they had done some experimental um, surgeries there with, with um, monkeys' hearts. Okay. Would, uh, putting them in babies. Oh, I haven't heard about yeah, that. it was kind of experimental. I don't think they're even doing that anymore. Yeah, but know. they had these surgeons there that really knew what to do. Yeah. So we just, you know, I was really in the, I mean, I was just going to the doctors and doing whatever they told us to do. And so they decided to do open heart surgery. Well, when they did the open heart surgery, we were all waiting. My friends all came around and we were all waiting in the waiting room for hours and hours and hours. And finally the doctor came out and said, you know, we're sorry to tell you, but his heart is way worse than what we thought and we can't fix it. And we just sewed him back up. Oh no. So we were really shook up about that. And then, um, a couple of days later, they came back to us and said, you know, we think we figured out a plan. We think that we can fix it and we'll just open him up again while he's before he's healed up mm-hmm. and we'll try to, to make a repair. The heart, basically, when he was developing in the womb, his, his, the heart turns. His, his heart didn't turn. Oh, okay. So the outlets and the inlets were, were backwards. Were messed up. Okay. And then he had holes in the heart in the chambers also, which was making which was making him live, so that the oxygen could go back and forth. Okay, it's kind of complicated. Yeah. <laughs> anyways, they went back and did surgery again, and <clears throat> he actually didn't get better. He didn't do better even after the surgery. We took him home, and he he was um, not himself. He was he was um, weakened. Yeah. And so a couple with that went on for a month or two, and then I realized he was getting worse. He he um he started um, breathing really fast, and I knew he wasn't doing good. We would he would sleep right beside us, and he would um he would you know want to pat us at night mm-hmm. for his comfort. Mm. And we finally took him back to the doctor and said, you know. Is there anything else you can do? He's I don't think he's going to make. I told the doctor I said I don't think he's going to make it. Oh. And so the doctor said, well, I don't know. We'll try and um, we'll see. We'll try and see what we can do. And so we had another surgery when he was like 14 and a half months old, I think it was. Okay. So not too long after the first surgery. Not too long. But he had gone downhill. He was um, he was weaker and he was um, not breathing. He was breathing fast. And so mm-hmm. he, we knew it, he wasn't, his heart wasn't working enough. Yeah. Yeah. To get him by. So um, we took him back. And that, actually that surgery, that time they took him into surgery, was the first time that he had turned around and waved goodbye to us when the orderly Aww. took him to the surgery. Every time before he was like, yeah. holding his hands out, wanting to, 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 to rescue him. Yeah, I guess he doesn't know these people. No. no. And he doesn't know what's happening. No. He- but that time the orderly took him in his arms and he looked back and he waved goodbye to us with mm-hmm. smiling. Oh. 
And um, they, they were able to do the, the surgery in such a way where they thought they really fixed it, where they gave, they gave much more opening so that the more um, blood flow could happen through mm-hmm. the heart. Um, but he, he didn't make it. He didn't make it? Mm-mm. That um, the night of the surgery, he, um, we were staying with my girlfriend, Byron and I, just because we were scared. And she said, come mm-hmm. stay home. Come stay home. You know, stay with me. Yeah. And the nurse from the unit called and said, Lorene, you got to get back here quick. Oh, no. So we ran to the hospital. And they were, they wouldn't let me go in to see him because they had already opened him up and trying to do um, chest massage, you know, um, heart massage yeah. on the unit. Um, and they were going to rush him back to surgery. Oh, no. So they wouldn't let us see him. They they had a cover around, and they they took the, the little bed all the way down the hall and uh-huh. whisked him away. And they never brought him around. He he died. I'm so sorry. So um, we waited and waited and waited in the, in the surgery waiting room, and my friends were all with me again. Mm-hmm. And um, they finally said we couldn't you know we just couldn't do any more we couldn't we tried to save him and we couldn't and they brought him to us and let us hold him and he looked awful he was all bruised Mm -hmm. and bleeding i mean his under the surface his skin Mm -hmm. and um I didn't even want to go see him in the mortuary because he was looked so bad that night he died. And mm-hmm. but my girlfriend said, "No, Lorene, you need to go. You need to go see him." Mm-hmm. So we did, and um, he was so cute in his in the little casket. He looked like he was just sleeping. Aww. They had really fixed him up. We we gave him his little um, his little doggy that he used to sleep with. Yeah, a little stuffed animal. Aww. and he had his arm over it, and it just looked like he was. Just normal yeah in fact i was still nursing him and when i saw him my you know my milk came in it's mm-hmm. like i was ready to nurse him oh so it was really traumatic for me the whole that is that's hard the whole thing mother to lose a child especially so young in your first that's it was it was really hard it, it um it was the hardest thing ever i'm sure and i kind of went into a um a black hole after that. I don't know. I don't know how somebody could not like. Yeah, it was kind of like um, part of me was missing. Yeah, like you know that your child is part of your flesh and blood, mm-hmm. and and how when you when you're a mom, that's that's why you're always hovering over them. They're really like almost an extension of you when they're little. Yeah, they are. I mean, then they get grow up and go away. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's another sad time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it is. But it's it's um, more traumatic when they're little. I'm sure. The reason why I'm tell I'm telling you all the details of that story is because um, that's how God got me back. Mm. Um, I was in real deep depression for like two years, and then mm. we had had another baby. We had Nathan, and then two years later we had Christina, mm-hmm. and I was still grieving a lot. But I was I was acting like normal. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think everybody thought I was screaming. I was, you know, you look back at pictures of yourself and you were smiling, but you mm-hmm. weren't really feeling like that. Yeah. I no. felt very, um, in fact, even when Nathan was born, he was born um, short. I mean, I got pregnant with Nathan shortly after Daryl died. Okay. 
And so it was like a year later. Oh, wow. Yeah. Nathan and my friends all had a baby shower for me and they gave me presents and mm-hmm. gave me, you know, little clothes for the baby. And I, you know how, how I felt? I felt guilty. Oh. Like I wasn't, I shouldn't get new things because my baby died. I can't, I don't yeah. know why you feel guilty. Yeah. But as a mom, somehow when something happens to your baby, you just feel like you were responsible for it or something. Mm-hmm. And you just feel bad. Yeah. You weren't ready to like. Have another child? Like, no, I really wasn't emotionally. Yeah. No, but I hadn't had him anyways. <laughs> yeah, which is I'm sure has been a blessing. But that's it has been a blessing. But it's probably hard on the next kid. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I don't know though. Nathan seemed to survive just fine. Yeah, I, I've heard that if a mother is depressed and they have a baby, then the baby is born depressed. Hmm. But as the mother gets out of it, the baby does too. And I think that's kind of what happened to us. Probably then, yeah. He was a very easy baby. He was very easy to take care of. That's that's a blessing. It was. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, he was a big blessing to us. Hmm. So, um, but you know what, Kylie? The most important thing I could... I, in the back of my mind was I wanted my baby back. Mm-hmm. I don't care how many more babies I had. I wanted yeah. that one back too. Because that one was yours. He was, yeah. And a, nobody a takes baby. the place of a baby. No. Or that you've lost. All your children are individually special. Mm-hmm. But that's how God feels about us too. Like, I know. He wants each and every one of us. Like, I, I don't replace you and you don't replace me. That's like, right. And I And as a mother, you can really understand that. Yeah. So what happened was a couple years later, um, I heard some, one of my friends gave me some, some, some videos to watch. I listened to them and I found out later my mom had been praying for me too. Mm-hmm. But these videos were about the second coming of Christ and how the signs of the times were happening and how close we were mm-hmm. to the end. And I, when I listened to them, there were both two different people preaching about different different kinds of things and I but they made sense to me mm-hmm. and I recognized the things they were saying were true and I thought man I thought if this is true Lorraine you better figure it out yeah because I'd been hanging on to the the idea that the angels were going to bring my baby back to me when mm-hmm. Jesus came and mm-hmm. I knew that yeah but I wasn't ready for Jesus no I didn't even wasn't even walking with him oh and so I I realized, I, I, deep inside of me, I realized that I got to get something figured out here. Mm-hmm. I don't even know. I thought, I don't even know if I can trust the Bible. I didn't even know because I, I, had, I had lost my faith uh-huh. somewhere along the way. Yeah. Even though I was still acting like a Christian. Yeah. So um, I started, I thought, I'm going to find out if this stuff is true, if it's real. Mm-hmm. So I started reading two things, the, my Bible and the book, The Great Controversy. Okay. Because that was the, what had been kind of um, introduced to me, that this book, The Great Controversy, was showing things that were happening in the world mm-hmm. to show that Jesus was coming soon. Okay, yeah. So I thought, well, I need to read that. I need to understand that. And I need to read my Bible. So I started in Genesis 1. And every time, um, I didn't have very much time as a, a mom with two little babies. 
So I would put them <laughs> down. <laughs> I would put them down for their nap, and I, I that's when I would read my Bible and okay. like a controversy because I didn't have a regular devotional time yeah. that I was used to having. And and I, with when you have babies, you're always busy talking to them and doing feeding them. And uh-huh. You know, cleaning up after them. You or... don't really have it like even a minute to think <laughs> no, to yourself. No, I've worked at a lot of daycares, and you're always watching someone uh-huh, do something. You've got... <laughs> <laughs> yep, you can't take your eyes off of. No, so I but I put them down for their nap every day, and so during that time was my time, and I would uh-huh. get the Bible out and I would start reading it. Uh-huh. And I know this sounds silly, but I I had been raised at Adventist, and yet I didn't know my Bible. Oh wow! I mean, I knew the story. I don't know how to explain it. I knew the stories because I'd, I'd, but I didn't. I guess I just didn't know it for myself. Yeah, yeah. But I think it's so easy to grow up as a Christian or an Adventist and just like have other people tell you. Mm-hmm. What the Bible says. But. Maybe that's it because you don't, you haven't really hung on to it for your own. Yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and, and I and I had gotten to the point where I thought I, I never really gave up on the idea that there was a God. Mm-hmm. I knew there was God. I just thought he was too busy mm. for me. Mm. I mean, he was pretty busy taking care of the whole universe, right? Yeah. I mean, he is, <laughs> but he's not too busy for us. But I thought so yeah. in the back of my mind. I don't know if I would have said that, but that's what I thought. Yeah. So, But but when I started reading the book of Genesis, I hadn't gotten very many chapters through. I, I had only gotten a couple chapters when I realized that God was inter, interposing in individual people's lives. He was, like, talking to them. Mm-hmm. He was letting them talk to him. Mm-hmm. He was doing things for them. Yeah. And I thought, it just hit me. I thought, well, I can ask him. I'll ask him for some stuff and yeah. see what happens. Uh-huh. So I prayed and I asked him to help me find my keys. I lost my keys one day and I found them right away. Oh, wow. And a couple of things happened like that. I don't, remember, I don't remember the details, but where God just answered my prayer. That's so awesome when we start to see God working <laughs> in our lives. It really impacted me. I'm sure. And I thought, wow. If God is real, then I have to accept everything in His Word as mm-hmm. truth, right? Yeah. And I started going to some meetings that some people were having at a nearby church, and I was listening to a lot of things and weighing things, thinking about things. Um, and one day, I went to we went to a Sabbath evening vespers. And the lady there was telling a story, and she told a story, a true story, about her friend who had been a, a soldier in Vietnam, mm-hmm. Vietnam Salt War. And he and all his buddies were creeping through the jungle with their guns. And so they all of a sudden opened up, it opened up into this opening, and there was the Viet Cong soldiers all around them. And they realized oh, wow. they were gone. I mean, it was done. Yeah. They were dead. Yeah. And in a split second, one of the guys jumped up and ran out into the opening. Oh, goodness. And all the soldiers, all the Viet Cong guns were aimed at him, and they started shooting. And as he was being shot at, he turned around to see if his buddies were going to make it, if they were okay. Oh, my goodness. Because he did it for them. Yeah. And they were. They were able to... To, to regain their position and, and, and they, I guess, I don't know what all happened after that. But the, that picture that she was telling that story, that picture was so vivid in my mind mm-hmm. of what Jesus did for me. 
Oh, wow. That he he ran out and took the bullets uh-huh. so I didn't have to. Yeah. Somehow, Jesus just got through to my head that, that moment. Yeah. You know, that, that, that that's what he did for me. Mm-hmm. And I just started crying. Oh. Because then it was, I got it. Mm-hmm. I got it that Jesus loved me personally. And that's a beautiful moment. It was for me. Yeah. yeah. And that's, I think, I can say that's when I really gave my heart to him again. Mm-hmm. And there was, and it was really interesting though, because in in that couple of weeks, and I don't remember exactly what happened first, but as I was as I was thinking about it and surrendering my heart to him, um, there were two things that he brought to my mind that I needed to surrender to him. Mm-hmm. I mean, sure, this was years ago, and there's been a lot of things since. Yeah, but this was what was crucial at the moment. In other yeah. words, I think they were things that that were between me and him. Mm-hmm. One of them, and these kind of sound funny. In fact, I don't even know if I should, I can tell them. I can tell them because they're different for everybody. Yeah, they are. You don't think, you don't think I'm funny to tell you. Okay, no, I know. I'm curious now. <laughs> One of them was, I was really, really big into um, women's rights and feminism. Okay. And I did not like the passage in the Bible where it says, wives, submit yourself to your husband. Oh, I didn't like it. Mm-hmm. But that was one thing that God brought to my attention, that that was in the Bible, and that's what, how he wanted it to be. Mm. And so I said, okay, Lord, I don't know how to submit myself to my <laughs> husband, but I, rec- I acknowledge and admit that you have set it up like that. And mm. I didn't even know what it, was, what it meant, Kylie. Yeah. Because in, in our, our day, back in those days, we just thought... Women could just be their own person. and I mean, they can be their own person. I don't know how to say this. Yeah. But it was when feminism was all starting. And yeah. we, had, we had kind of gone along with the idea that women um, didn't need men even. Yeah. It was yeah. nice to have a, a guy, but you didn't really need him. Yeah. I don't know if that makes sense. No, no, that makes sense. Yeah. That you're just like, oh, yeah, we're good without them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I recognize that if, if it was the way that God did it in the Bible, then it, he meant it like that. Yeah. That, that, there was a, that there was a relationship, a, a, um, a different relationship mm-hmm. that the woman has to the man and the man has to the woman. Mm-hmm. And even though I didn't know what it looked like or how it, how it would act out, I, I felt like God was calling me to uh, surrender my idea that the Bible was wrong. Mm. to him and say yes that's what you said then that's how it is okay. do you know does that make sense yeah that makes sense because like yeah because you're like no women don't need men but then god's like no you have to accept this as the truth yeah yeah and i think there's parts in the bible that all of us that we have to say yes god yeah that is true yeah yeah and the other thing was and for people that don't understand about the spirit of prophecy this won't make sense but in the spirit of prophecy, Mrs. White says that we shouldn't eat cheese. Mm-hmm. And I loved cheese. <laughs> I loved it. Yes. In fact, I and I would eat butter and cheese so much that my girlfriends who were also nurses, one of them would tell me, Lorraine, if you don't quit putting so much butter in, on everything, we're going to have to take care of you in the nursing home. <laughs> oh, goodness. <laughs> she would scold me, but I didn't care. You know, I didn't care because I liked it. Yeah. And so that was the other thing that God said, okay, that's the other thing. It's, I don't want you to give up. Yeah. Just cheese. Yeah. And, and I said, okay. Because you know what? After I had that picture of what he did for me, it wasn't any big deal anymore. Yeah. Before that, it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But those two things were like, 
things I was hanging on to. Yeah, because you have to have a relationship with God. Because like, it's like even with humans, if somebody I don't know comes up and tells me, Kylie, quit doing that. I know. Versus if my best friend's like, don't do that. And so when you have that relationship with God, that's when he starts to ask you to change your life. Yes, that's yeah. what it is. Mm-hmm. And that's what he did for me. And, <clears throat> you know, Kylie, ever since then, it's just been a really, 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 really neat journey with him. Aww. And I, I can say, honestly, truly, that's when I really started walking with him. Yeah. And it's been a long journey. I mean, I... I I've changed a lot since back then, although mm-hmm. I'm still the same person. I, I'm different. Yeah. And God's helped me so much with changes that I needed to make. I mean, there was way more changes than just two. Yeah. Yeah. But those <laughs> are the first two. Yeah. 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 But that was, those, those were the ones that were significant that I look back and think that's when um, my whole direction changed. Yeah. When you decided that, you know, you could follow God, like you listened mm-hmm. to him. Yes. And change And he was real. Yeah. And I knew that he was real to me. Uh-huh. And and that he loved me. So I guess that kind of goes along with your title, God's real and God's good. Mm-hmm. He he's never he's never let me down mm-hmm. ever since then. And I don't know, I mean, I don't know how many millions of prayers he's answered since then. Yeah. But I, I always look back to that time as being um a really crucial um step. If I hadn't done that uh-huh. Kylie, I think we would have not ever, we never would have been here. I yeah. think we would have been divorced. If not divorced, my kids would have grown up in the city and um, probably rebellious because that's what everybody does in the city. Yeah. It would have been a disaster. My life would have been a disaster. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Our life without God is, it's nothing. It's not no worth living. And even though God had helped me all you know all up to there he had been helping me mm-hmm. behind the scenes but i hadn't been surrendered to him yeah cuz and, and at that point i surrendered to him that's awesome and that that um that story about that vietnam soldier that that just hit my heart mm-hmm. of jesus love for me and i you know it's funny because you hear other people tell their stories and everybody has a different story and jesus can can reach our hearts with with a bunch of different people's stories yeah. yeah in all different ways it's awesome everybody's different and he speaks to us all using a different story or using a different way and so it's hard for me to know how to help somebody else to find out how much jesus loves them and I, sometimes i just say lord i can't do it because we can't <laughs> we don't know their heart but i want so bad to let uh-huh. them know that jesus loves them yeah because once i found that out it changed my heart mm-hmm well, do you have any other short little stories or anything else you want to share before we end this? Um, the highlights. I have I have some other, st- other miracle stories about how God, I guess I could tell you another story about how God helps me to learn to listen to his voice better. All right. That'd be cool. Um, we, we, mostly I've learned to listen to his voice through reading the Bible mm-hmm. and the Spirit of Prophecy. And we had read in the Spirit of Prophecy that we should raise our children outside of the city mm-hmm. we should move to the country so we had we spent several vacation times driving around looking at places all the way from you know california to uh, clear up to the border of canada we would drive oh, wow several different vacations we'd gone on trips and we hadn't found anything mm-hmm. 
but uh, the way God works is really something. When one of those trips, we went with my parents because they wanted to find some property too, but they had some rental property that they were going to sell. Okay. So they had more money than we did mm-hmm. of buying a place. And so they were looking at different property really than we were, but we were all kind of in the same trip. Yeah. So we were staying with a, my cousin who at that time lived in Lewiston and, and we were almost done with our vacation time and I was, was really frustrated because we hadn't found anything that we could afford or that was nice or anything mm-hmm. I mean things that we saw were just like either really junky uh-huh. or way out of our price line yep so the night I think it was the the day or two before we were to leave we Byron and I prayed we we claimed a promise that God said you'll hear a voice behind you saying this is the way walking in it when you turn to the right or when you turn to the left mm-hmm. and we said to the Lord we said Lord you told us we need to move out to the country we don't know how to do it we're just asking you for your help you know we just were begging him yeah and then the next day, my um, my my dad and my brother had found a piece of property, and they said, "Hey, come look at this property with us." Mm-hmm. And we asked them about it, how much it was. It was like 120 acres, and way oh, wow. more expensive yeah. than we could find. We could afford. And we go, no, forget it. We can't do that. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. They said, "Come on, just come look at it with us." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we finally got convinced to do that, and we did. We were following in a, a vehicle behind the realtor. I think my dad or somebody was with him, and we were behind him. And we were up there at the top where you came down. Yeah. Crow Bench turns off to the right. Yeah. And when Crow Bench, we started going down Crow Bench Road, Kylie, I heard a voice in my head saying, you'll hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walking in it. Oh, my goodness. When you turn to the right or when you turn to the left. Oh, wow. And I wasn't thinking about that. Yeah. So I thought, is that you, God? Yeah. Because I had never had um, that experience of God directly speaking to my mind yeah. before that I knew of. I yeah. mean, I'm sure he had been, but it, was so, it wasn't ever that clear before. Exactly. Yeah. And um, I still didn't know for mm-hmm. sure because it was still way out of our budget and we couldn't afford it and blah, 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 blah. And it was two years before we got this price of property. My mom and dad had to sell their property. We sold our house. We pitched in some of our money to this property that you're seeing right now. Mm -hmm. And my mom and dad bought it. And then we got to come live on it. Oh, how awesome. God did that Yes. Oh, that's so awesome. And he spoke to you. He spoke to you the verse that you've been claiming. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's so awesome. And, and one other miracle that happened with the property is that after we had sold our house, we had, we were, we were still kind of young and not very inexperienced with in the Lord. And we had told the Lord that if we He sold the house, we would give. I think I don't know how much of the profit, but a certain amount of a certain amount of the profit, we were going to give it to a ministry. Okay. That we really liked. Mm-hmm. Well. During that time, that ministry actually was having some issues, and we didn't really know about it. But anyways, it oh. was in it was in the bank holding it. We were waiting to see to see where to send it. And my dad called me up and said, "Lorene, you know that the ranch we we um, the closing costs were more than we thought, and we don't really have quite enough. Do you have some money from the sale of your more some more money from the sale of your of your house?" Mm-hmm. And I said, "Well, yeah, we have some, but it's been promised to the Lord, mm-hmm. you know." And he's a pastor, and I thought, "Well, that would be the end of that." He yeah. didn't drop it. Oh no! No! Oh no! <laughs> uh. He said, "Well, Lorraine, we we really need some more." And and I thought, I thought to myself, "Dad, how can you ask for God's money?" Yeah. 
I was just kind of shocked. And he said, well, he says, just pray about it. Uh-huh. I said, okay, we'll pray about it. So when Byron come, came home from work that evening, I told him what had happened. And I said, honey, I don't know what to do because my dad's asking for that money that we promised the Lord. Yeah. And I said, I said, how, how are we going to find out what God wants us to do? Because I said, um, there's no way in the Bible that that's gonna, there's going to be an answer for us. Yeah. Well, I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we went to bed. I got up the next morning. And I, had got, I had started the habit of having my worship every morning before I got up. And then I would get in the shower and I would talk to God uh-huh. while I was showering. And so in the shower that morning, Byron was already gone to work. Um, a word popped into my head again. Mm-hmm. Guess what word it was? I don't know if you even know what it is. It was the word Corbin. Corbin. And I didn't know what it was. Uh-uh. But it's in the Bible. Okay. So I looked it up in the Bible, and I was reading, I was also reading Desire of Ages at the time, and it was in, I looked in the index, I think I looked in the index, and there it was, Corbin. So I went and read about it. And you know what it was? What is it? In the Bible days, when the young people, they, they, were, they were supposed to always take care of their parents. Mm-hmm. But if they didn't want to, they would give their money to the temple mm. and say it was Corbin. So Corbin was a way for them. It was like it was like their technicality to get out of helping their parents. They could put the money in the temple, and then later, when they their um, their parents were dead, they could keep it. They could oh. get the money back. Yeah. So it's like a loophole. <laughs> it was a loophole. Yeah. It was a loophole. Uh-huh. That's what it was. And 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 Jesus was um, talking to them and saying, "You guys are get, trying to get around." God's law by doing this. That's basically what it was saying. Yeah. That the idea of God's law was to take care of your parents with yeah. your money. Mm-hmm. And that answered my question because my dad needed that money. Mm-hmm. And um, I was worried that it was selfish of me to do it because I wanted to also have the ranch. Yeah. But in, in actuality, God was saying, no, you need to help your dad. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome that God would speak to you because you didn't even know it. I mean, I didn't know what that no. was. I've heard of that in the Bible, but I didn't know the word for that and no. would have never thought of that. No, I wouldn't have either. Yeah. So it was really neat for me. It was a it was a confirmation to me that God was um, answering my request and my prayer. Yeah. So I wanted to please Him. Yeah. I didn't want to um, go against my my vow. Yeah. But this is really what he wanted. Yeah, he wanted you to help out your family. Yeah. Yeah. And then and then as a consequence, he's blessed us so much too because we've mm. been able to live here. Yeah. But God is like that, isn't he? Yeah. He gives you it's like um the blessings. He shakes them, uh-huh. presses them down and shakes them and they overflow. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That's so, awesome. Those are two other little stories. Well, I really appreciate those. Thank you so much for sharing. And everybody just remember God is real and God is good. Have a good week. Bye.